The running Utes suffered a tough loss to the BYU Cougars, and they have a quick turnaround as they take on the TCU Horn Frogs this Wednesday night. We're talking about the BYU game and what to expect against TCU on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. Appreciate all of you who continue to subscribe, support the show. Would love to interact with you guys in the comments section, as well as on social media. You can follow me at JT Wistersill or our channel at Lockdown Utes and hit us up with any questions you might have for the show on there. Thank you again for making Lockdown Utes your first listen every single day. As today's show, we're going to be breaking down some Utah basketball. And we have Ethan Pierce of the Daily Utah Chronicle joining us. And Ethan, people are getting really excited about Utah basketball. You get the big win against Arizona, and then you get a tough loss at BYU. Now, BYU is still – look, it's been a tough start to the year for BYU, but it's still a rivalry game whenever you play teams like this. I remember a couple years ago back in the Huntsman Center, I believe it was 2019, BYU basketball was in a much better place than Utah basketball was, but Utah basketball at home, their best crowd of the season that year too, found a way to get a win off huge performances from Timmy Allen and Ryland Jones. So these things happen. I'm still feeling good and optimistic about Utah basketball, but – Look, obviously, it's never good when you lose to your rival, especially in a game where it felt like all the momentum was trending towards Utah and then BYU was able to steal one. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I just think the general vibe around the program is that they just were disappointed. Craig Smith said that multiple times post game, uh, just disappointed with the way that they played on Saturday afternoon. Um, They felt like they could have won that game despite, you know, not really playing well for the entirety of the afternoon, uh, still had a chance to steal it at the end. Um, but just a, overall a tough loss for Utah, you know, for a team that has been trending up and had some high expectations for the next couple of weeks. And it is tough, too, because if you look at what they did against BYU starters, obviously you hold them. Look, they had, some of them had some good games, but no one really went off, goes for over yeah. 20. And then you get a guy in Rudy Williams who comes in, and he drops 26 on you. And it felt like that was really the difference in this game, too. Sure, there were a couple of other little things, but anytime you get a guy who can come in and give you a performance like that, too, where no one in that game really played was playing amazingly for either side. It felt like it was going to be just those gritty games you got to get out. And then really felt like Rudy's performance in a lot of ways was the difference in this one as it was a narrow victory and only by nine. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Rudy Williams absolutely killed Utah. He came in off the bench, shot nine for 13, scored 26 points. Um, The dude was just killing it all night long. He had a number of big buckets uh, at key points in the game when his team really needed them. And, um, you know, you mentioned it. That is the difference. I mean, the next highest scorer in the game was Brandon Carlson for Utah with 18. So uh, Rudy Williams just outplayed everybody. um, and, And ultimately, that probably was what won the game for the Cougars. And Utah may have that happen for them one time this year, where a bench player outperforms everyone. We saw Lazar Stefanovic not long ago against Jacksonville State have a career high career high game in that one. Shot it excellent from the outside. And look, maybe that'll happen again this season. But outside of Stefanovic, this is where it gets a little tough for this Utah team because, like, okay, who on the bench do you really trust? You guys know if you listen to the show how much I love Gabe Akita, but he's still only a freshman, so he's going to have some games where things might not exactly be clicking there. Same thing with Will Exact too. Mike Saunders has been up and down to start the season too, so. When it comes to the bench battle, I mean, unless Stefanovic has a really good game, bench points are going to be in the other team's favor a lot this season, and that's something that might really hurt the Utes in Pac-12 play. 
Yeah, Utah, they tightened up the rotation for this game, too. I mean, mm-hmm. Stefanovic played 32 minutes off the bench. Yeah. Uh, he's the only other guy, you know, the starters plus Stefanovic, the only guys over 10 minutes for the game. Um, Utah only played really two other guys. Boston Holt got seven minutes, Kaba Kida with yeah. nine. Um, but exact and and Eli Ballstat, two and one minutes, respectively. Yeah. So they really tightened this up. Mike Saunders did not play. Um, mm-hmm. And that was a big shocker. That was, that yes. was, you know, unexpected. Uh, and, and, you know, the reporters, we asked Craig Smith about that after the game and he gave a very quick answer. Uh, we just played the guys we felt gave us the best chance to win the game. So that's all he said. Uh, not sure what that means for Mike Saunders, uh, you know, how he's looking in practice, stuff going on off the court, but uh, you know, not ideal to not see him in uniform. It felt like last year some things kind of go went awry with this team when guys like Dave Jenkins were logging DNPs. And that changed once he got in the middle of the season kind of. But yeah. ever since those DNPs, just things didn't click the same. Uh, look at a guy like Booth Gotch getting moved to the bench. He never recovered from that too. And Mike was a guy that I was really excited to be a big part of this team. I, I said I thought he'd be the starting point guard. That's obviously not the case. And all the credit in the world to Raleigh Wooster. He's been incredible. But point, the backup point guard's position should have been a strength for this Utah team, no matter who was starting. And it is disappointing that for whatever reason, Mike and Coach Smith and his teammates, they just can't get on the same page yet. And if this team wants to do some things postseason in the tournament, and the ceiling for them is probably winning somewhere between – I mean, two games would be incredible to me. I think anything out, outside of that is asking yeah. something just unbelievable of this group for where they're at at this point in the program. But – Whatever their ceiling is, Mike Saunders is a part of that. And it, at, at this moment, he hasn't been a large part of their success this season. Yeah, I, I wonder if we'll see him get another chance as the season goes along. I mean, you mentioned Raleigh Wooster's been great to start yep. the year. He had his first truly bad game against sure. BYU. Um, he did not play well. I mean, the stat sheet doesn't look the worst. You know, shooting mm-hmm. six for 13, not ideal, but not terrible. 12 yep. points. Uh, but at the arena, th- the crowd was really getting into his head. They were chanting yeah. air ball every single time he touched the ball. Um, you know, he had a couple of bad misses in the second half down the stretch of the game. Uh, looked like they were really getting to him, and, and he had a truly rough night. So we'll see if that can maybe spurn, uh, you know, not necessarily a change in the starting lineup, but maybe just yep. a couple more minutes for Saunders off the bench in relief of Wooster. Uh, we'll see how Craig Smith kind of likes to play with it. He's, you know, he's been known to kind of yank players in and out of the rotation. He did it last year, as you mentioned, with Booth Gotch and with David Jenkins. So uh, I think Mike Saunders should get a chance to play, you know, within a couple of weeks here. And if he plays well, he can recover some of that status. Yep. 100%. And I, we just talked about it. The bench thing is kind of what one of my biggest concerns with this group, this team right now, the way they've played, the way they feel. Do you feel like this game exposed any other big weaknesses or issues that you're kind of looking at as the season could go on? That could just be not an aberration and a continued thing for this Utah team to have to deal with. Yeah, I just think that they need some more consistent scoring outside yeah. their, you know, their big time players, right? Brandon Carlson is going to get his points. Um, but, you know, for a guy like Gabe Madsen, you know, he has really high highs when he's shooting well, when he's playing well. You know, he's a really key piece for this team. Uh, but, you know, he also had a rough game against BYU. Um, he fouled out late in that one. He was dealing with foul trouble for most of the second half. Um, shot three for nine, didn't look for defense. Uh, I'm going to need some more contribution from a guy like Madsen. Um, I thought Marco Anthony didn't play well. He kind of needs to step up a little bit more on offense and, and use that physicality he has to get mm-hmm. to the free throw line and make his free throws a little yep. bit more often. So I just think outside of Carlson, you're going to need a little bit more consistent offensive production from the rest of the guys. And, uh, you know, it's just sometimes tough to get everybody on the same page and playing well at the same time. 
it is one of the challenges. It's something that it's the nice thing about the course of a season is you have a lot of time to do that. But it's supposed we're I mean, we're almost halfway through Utah's season at this point in terms of, hey, November, December checked off. We don't know how what March is going to look like for this team. Obviously, performances like this make you think it's not going to be a very long March as it goes on for this boat for this Utah team. But yeah, I mean, these are questions and things you'd like to have sorted out right now. This Utah team simply doesn't have it at this moment. It's going to be something that's interesting to monitor. We're going to talk about a couple more things from this BYU game in a moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online, the sponsor of today's episode, is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis all season long. You can get the latest odds, trends for every professional sport and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season well underway basketball nba and college basketball life and yes the world cup may have wrapped but there's still a tons of other great sports betting action you can get in on at bet online super easy to find all the odds and lane, odds and lines for the games at bet online so make sure you head over there and take your love of sports podcasts everything betting wise to the next level all of it's available at bet online the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info in head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more bet online where the game starts so ethan coming back in talking about this game and well, I think another thing a lot of that's concerning about this Utah team is in these some of these tight games, because you look at this game late, it's still within reach when you get in those positions late. It feels like this Utah team is going to have trouble in clutch situations this season because they don't have the guy I'm like, you know what, I want the ball in his hands and I trust him to go in and get a tough bucket. I don't feel that way. Maybe Raleigh Wooster has it work in one game. It's like, all right, Raleigh, you can shoot it. Maybe it's Gabe Madsen. But, look, teams know that Gabe's the best shooter on this team. It's not very hard to figure that out. So they're going to be alert for him running around a billion different screens, trying to get open, trying to come off those curls quickly. I like Marco sometimes in the paint. It's always been hard to go to a big man late in games because it's yeah. so easy to double and take him out. And, yes, Carlson's a good free throw shooter, so I feel good about him in that regard. But it, it's tough, Ethan. I really feel like in close games this season – I think this team's probably going to have a losing record in these close games because they don't have the guy who's like, oh, the game's tight. He's going to go get us a bucket. Yeah, you're right about that. I mean, they just, they don't have a dude who can really break somebody down in isolation and get a tough bucket with the game on the line. Yeah. I mean, Carlson's their best player, and, and yeah. he can score in isolation. You can get him the ball on the block, and he can have some nice moves down there, but it's not really going to be super consistent having him try to do that every time the game's on the line. Uh, Utah really wants to move the ball around and find an open shot. Um, but just they have too many inconsistent shooters to really feel like that's going to be a good recipe for them. And then the other thing that I thought really killed them in this close game scenario was uh, the offensive rebounding, allowing yeah. the offensive rebounding to BYU because there was a stretch. They cut the lead all the way down to three. They were down like 12 or 14 coming down the stretch, came all the way back, cut it down to three, and then BYU misses a three-pointer, grabs mm -hmm. the offensive rebound, kicks it back out, another three to push it back to six. And that was probably the dagger. So yeah. um, that's the other thing that's really tough for Utah. Carlson's a great player, uh, but he's skinny and he gets boxed out yeah. pretty easily, especially against a tough, you know, front line like BYU has with Fusini Traore. They, they have big forwards and centers. Um, it's kind of tough to, to box out against teams like that. You mentioned the offensive rebounds. When you look at the stats, it's one of those things. It's only nine to seven, right? But it's all about when those happens, in those yeah. moments. Got to have those rebounds. That's something Utah is going to struggle. I think Marco Marco Anthony is a phenomenal rebounder. He's only 6'5", so as strong as right. he is, just going to tumble to get in there and mix it up in those positions. And I, another thing I'll throw in there is the turnovers, too. I mean, you look at points off turnover, Utah had 12 
they gave up 21 points off their turnovers. And the turnover numbers are even. It's 14 for Utah, 13 for BYU. So that's something, too, in those transition defenses. You can't give those away as well. And it's just one of those things where even though Raleigh Wooster is playing well, it's not like he is a one of the top point guards in the country, for example. And that's something that is just something this team is going to have to deal with in this way. There are not a ton of great players on this team. You mentioned Brandon Carlson. He's the he's the one that you really like. And there's a lot of other players that I think teams would really like and love to have. But on the best teams in college basketball, a lot of these guys probably are more role players and they have to step outside of their roles. I think that's the big thing for all this team. Brandon Carlson has to take a lot more shots than he probably would with some of the other teams because Utah doesn't have those scores on the outside. So it really does just feel like it's a lot of things that this Utah team has to overcome, Ethan, on the season. And it's going to be interesting to see if they can do it on a consistent basis and not just one night against Arizona. Yeah, I mean, part of their success this year is that a lot of guys, you know, they've been able to play together as a team, keep the ball moving, find good, consistent shots. Um, and, and that was a recipe for success against Arizona. You know, they were really able to find good shots and make them in order to stay in front enough where they didn't have to be put into a clutch situation late in the game, right? They were up by 15, 20 points and down the stretch. So, you know, Utah really wants to play fast and they want to make their, make their jump shots, make their three pointers, not have to worry too much about trying to break people down in isolation and try to, you know, find a tough bucket uh, when you really need to. They just want to keep the ball moving, you know, find those open looks and, um, you know, hopefully get off to a fast start, get out ahead so they don't have to worry about, you know, really needing to get those tough buckets with the game on the line. It's interesting. So many of the shooting stats were so similar in this game, but you look at some of those hustle stats. We mentioned the turnovers, the transition points, the offensive rebounds. We talked about a little bit, but how about second chance points? Second chance points were 14 to six in this one. Yeah. So just absolutely bonkers number numbers for this Utah team. And you mentioned you talked to coach Smith. You guys got to after the game, you could see the way the team like that. Do you feel like this is a, a game for the team? Like, do you have faith in their ability to turn around quickly against TCU? Or do you feel like this team is going to need that Christmas time off a little bit till they're they're getting right in the headspace kind of and ready to lock back in and do some things because it was a very tough loss, as you alluded to. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm not sure how they're going to look against TCU on Wednesday mm -hmm. because, you know, this is a tough loss. I mean, Craig Smith said after the game, they're not going to shy away from this. You know, despite where BYU as a program is at right now, they've been disappointing so far this season. Yeah. This is still a big game. You know, it's a yeah. rivalry game. Rivalry games are weird. They're strange. Weird things happen. Um, and, and it means a lot to both programs. And so for Utah to have been favored going into a road game at BYU and then to come out with a performance like this, it's certainly frustrating. Now, do they have the metal? Do they have the will to kind of overcome that immediately and start playing better basketball, learning from this experience uh, and really fix some things going into, you know, a better opponent against TCU? TCU is a really good team. They're ranked number 20 in the country right now, top 25 ranked team. Yep. Um, and technically it's at a neutral site. You know, this is basically going to be a home game for Utah, but yeah, Vivint. Vivint arena. Um, so, you know, it just kind of throws everything off a little bit, you know, maybe not pl playing at home, but not at home. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just kind of a weird scenario right before the holidays as well. Um, I think we're going to see what this Utah team is made of. I really have no clue how they're going to look. I think it's just, it's going to be a toss up. I think the last thing before we dive into the TCU game fully is we've raised a lot of concerns with this team. I think when looking to solutions, I think we'll start with the bench thing. I think a couple of these guys being the Mike Saunders, being the Kiebas, being the Will Exacts, I do think they need a little bit more time. And this is the hard part is 
do you give them enough time and then they make those mistakes? So you yank them quickly because you want to get your best players on the floor, but then you're not really developing them. And those kind of extra minutes and those moments could really help you out late in the season, especially if you have injuries potentially. I think personally, the way to fix the depth, I think that's the issue I'll focus on trying to fix is giving some of these guys more minutes, giving them some of these opportunities to try and do things because I think it's, yes, you want your best guys out there when you get in the conference tournament play, but I think it helps to be able to have really reliable guys you can turn to on the bench and get them more of that experience. And outside of Kiba and Stefanovic, I don't really feel like those guys have gotten that. But for you, what issue do you think, what is a fix this Utah team needs to make and how can they go about making it? Yeah, I mean, that's tough. I, I think I would agree with you in mm-hmm. trying to get some of the younger guys some more minutes. Uh, Keba Keda has shown flashes yes. every single time he stepped on the court. Um, and you know, it's interesting with Carlson being your best player and Kaba playing the role of backup center, there's only so minutes available for him, but they yeah. did deploy the two big lineup against yep. BYU just Won't for a couple of, of minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and Craig Smith has talked about that. He talked about that all last season. They didn't really get a chance to use it very much just due to injuries and circumstances, yep. but this year, you know, Kaba and Carlson are both healthy right now. And I'd like to see them mm-hmm. get a chance to play together because, you know, shuffling that lineup around that can really throw some teams off of their game. And Keda is just a guy that I love. I think he's going to be really, really good. And uh, you got to get him as many chances as possible. So I'd throw Keda out there more. Yep. And it's going to be interesting to see if they decide to do it against TCU, because that's the game we're going to be talking about right after we give you guys a quick message from our friends at the National Highway Traffic Safety Association. Did you know that driving under the influence of marijuana is illegal? That's right. Driving high could get you a DUI. And if you're wondering if law enforcement can tell when you're driving high, well, everyone else in your life can. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, even your parents can tell. So what makes you think law enforcement can't tell? Well, they can. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI paid for by the National Highway Traffic Safety Association. Also, I want to tell you guys about the sponsor of this episode in UCCU. UCCU is offering a 15-month savings certificate with an incredibly high APY of 4.00%. Plus, you can jump up to an even higher rate of return anytime during the life of your certificate. Guys, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but as you know, those interest rates and inflation rates continue to be on the rise. As if we hadn't noticed, well, here's some good news. UCCU, they're here to help with this current use this current rise in rates to your advantage for a limited time uccu is offering a 15 month savings certificate with an incredibly high apy of 4.00%. What's a savings certificate? Is that like a savings account? A savings certificate is similar to a savings account. Both are great ways to earn a safe return on your money over time, but here's the difference. Savings accounts typically come with unlimited deposits and withdrawals. But a savings certificate, you just make one deposit then let your money grow and grow and grow with a fixed rate of return that's much higher than a standard savings account. How much higher? Let's just say a lot higher. So make sure you guys visit the UCCU branch or visit uccu.com to learn more today where they have a variety of terms and options to match your specific needs. UCCU, love where you bank. All right, Ethan, coming back into this one, talking about this TCU game. It's a, you, you teed it up perfectly, too. It's a matchup for the top 25 team in an NBA arena at Vivin. I'm very interested to see what the crowd is going to be in like in this one. I think there are the appeal of having it in Vivin does raise it a little yeah. bit. We don't know how it's going to look for TCU, how they're going to travel out to this one too. So that's always an interesting element from it. Utah did play at TCU last year. It was a loss, 
for the youths. It was actually a game Marco Anthony played very well in. And coming up into this one, what's something you want to see out of this team? Because I think for me, what I want to see is I do want to just, I want to see another competitive game. I don't think it's a bad loss if you lose to a top 25 team, because I don't feel like this Utah team, I know Ken Palm, they were trending towards top 40. I don't feel like they're there yet. I feel like they're somewhere between that 40 to 60 range, probably more fairly. So I don't think it's a bad loss if you do fall to the Horn Frogs. But I do think, I just want to see some, I'd want to see a better shooting performance. I think from the outside would be very welcome. I definitely want to see them cut down on these turnovers. And one thing I would love is to see Brandon Carlson have a really stand-up performance on an NBA floor. Look, I don't, we don't know what Brandon Carlson's future holds. I would be surprised if he doesn't try to go to the NBA after this year. And I think it's a great opportunity against a really good team on an NBA floor to try to show what you get, show what he's got. So I, I think it's going to be a really fun game as long as the Utes can keep it close because a loss is not the end of the world to TCU, even though you obviously want to avoid going 0 of 2 heading into the break. Yeah, I think for Utah, just the ultimate thing that I want to see is I want to see them, yeah. you know, undergo better offensive process because yeah, in the I game like against BYU, they really, you know, it felt to me like they were jacking up a lot of contested jumpers, not really moving the ball, mm-hmm. kind of just being stagnant offensively. I'd like to see them really focus on moving the ball better, getting those better shots. Um, and, you know, not having to focus too much or not having to rely too much on the offensive possessions where you just try to, you know, back somebody down, back somebody down, back somebody down, ter- take a turnaround contested mid-range jumper uh, from a guy like Marco Anthony or yeah. Raleigh Wooster. Like, it, those just aren't good shots. Uh, so I'd like to see them, you know, focus on, on getting more quality offensive possessions. The other thing I think it would be great is if we could see the Utes turn some turn some of that defense into offense. On the season, they're only averaging 4.8 steals per game. By advantage, TCU, they're averaging 8.1 steals per game. So limiting those turnovers is going to be crucial, and it would be great to see the Utes be able to force some of those turnovers on this team. These two teams are, actually, are very similar in a number of these stats. You look at points against is both at 60, points per game, 77 for TCU, 75 for Utah. Field goal percentages overall, so very similar, 45 to 46, and like we mentioned, Utah um, ESPN stat predictor, by the way, actually thinks the Utes are likes the Utes in this one. They give them a 65% chance to win versus TCU 34. Maybe that's coming on the road. Maybe that's some of the things we've seen from TCU. They were a team that started the season ranked, got unranked, then found a way to get themselves ranked again because they are a good team. We saw what they were able to do in the tournament last year. And I really feel like looking at this one, Ethan, too, as we kind of discussed and talked about in this TCU team is they are a really good opportunity for this Utah team to continue to grow their brand against a top 25 team. This one too is going to be a little bit more under the spotlight. I feel like because you're not going to be in the shadow of a PAC 12 championship like the last one was. And I think another thing, a win here could really do for this Utah team because it's still a very winnable game, even though I think it's going to be a tough win to get is it puts more butts in the seats during conference play, which I think is going to be critical to get a good home field home atmosphere for a lot of those conference games this season. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, when you look at it as a whole, right, these past two games, BYU and TCU, I think a majority of Utah fans would rather have the win over BYU, but I think a win over the Horned Frogs here would do a lot more for their resume. Yes. Um, This is the one that, you know, March Madness is going to care more about. This is the one that, 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 you know, the national rankings people Mm -hmm. are going to care more about. National Um, media. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you go one and one in these two games, they can really salvage this past week for, for Utah basketball. You know, if they can pull this one off, um, I think it would really go a long way. Like you said, towards getting more people in the Huntsman Center, because we've heard a lot of talk about people, you know, Utah fans who 
are, are wanting to see more fan support at home for Utah. Yep. And, and we consistently hear, you know, we just want them to win. As long as the team's winning, people are going to show up. And, um, you know, they've been winning so far this year that, you know, they're nine and three. Um, we've started to see a little bit more fan support as the season has gone along, but they certainly would like to get some more people in the Huntsman Center and a win over a top 20 team that would go a long way towards that. It would go a long way. And I think that support too, you you see it in general. I mean, I see people commenting on on these videos about yeah. it's still football season. So that also shows you whenever you're under the sh- you're in the shadow of football, it's just gonna make it a challenge. And I think a lot of people, what they want to see, and they talk about getting these wins too, is those in-conference wins, which Utah is still currently 2-0 and in conference play. Something that will be big for this team is to get that strong start. And they've shown they can win some of those hostile conference env- in co- hostile conference environments as they did in that Washington State game too. So it's going to be a fun one, Ethan. I- I'm really excited to see how it plays out. And I think the last thing I want to touch with you on is this, is the BYU game. And I sh- actually, I'll throw one more thing quick. I loved your point about the national how it'll be viewed in the rankings and everything like that. You look at the loss to BYU. It was on the road against BYU, and it's a rivalry game. We know this in college basketball, to your point. Rivalry games get weird. Crazy things happen. You get guys dropping 26 points off the bench, and people don't go like, whoa, that's so weird because it happened in a rivalry game. It's something that's real. It doesn't. It's like, how do you explain it? That's how you do it. You just say it's a rivalry game. The two teams know each other, the fan bases, all that, and everything goes into it that way. But a win against TCU – where they have to come and play in the Salt Lake would be massive for this team. And I think a lot of people would be like, hey, look at what those Utes are doing. I know they are they have three losses on the season, but if you look at it, they have two really good wins against Arizona and TCU. With both those wins coming in December, they could be a team to watch for in the second half. If you beat TCU, I guarantee you that's a sentence that some analyst on TV is going to say. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and you know, this being the last game before conference play as well, it's a good way to get some momentum, you know, heading into that full-time Pac-12 schedule. Um, because they have, you know, a relatively soft start to their Pac-12 season. Yep. Um, they have a trip to the Bay Area, you know, around the new year. Cal is in absolute shambles right now. Uh-huh. Um, Stanford been up and down. Yep. So, you know, they, they have a couple of chances to get some nice wins. They do have a couple of chances. And I think regardless of the BYU game, this is what I wanted to close on. And regardless of the TCU game, I'll yeah. add, I still feel like where I'm looking at for this team I think a I think the big step for this team that I would love to see them make by the time the season ends is in kind of that ceiling area is I would love to see them get at least one win in the conference tournament. I think that would show a big sign of improvement. They're already closing in on matching last season's win total, and I don't think they're going to have a winless month this season. They already have more talent than that. You mentioned programs, the state, like programs like Cal are in, and I think a lot of people were saying that about Utah last year, and it shows you the job that Craig Smith has done bringing in some of the young talent and getting a lot of these players to come back in. I mean, how quickly do we see Marco Anthony come back to this team? I think that's something that he does deserve a lot of credit for in this one. So I really do feel like the ceiling for this Utah team, I'll say, is two conference, two wins in the conference tournament. I think one is something I would really like to see just as the natural evolution. But these, even if they lose to TCU, unless it's a blowout and a really bad look, I don't think it changes. That's still kind of what I'm expecting them to be around is a one-win conference tournament team. Maybe even two wins I think would be fantastic. How do you kind of view them with these games coming up and no matter how they play out? Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. Getting one win in the conference tournament would be a big step in the right direction for this program. Mm-hmm. And and the Pac-12 has just been weird this year. Yeah, um, I believe there's three ranked teams in the conference right now in Arizona, Arizona State, and UCLA. Um, so you know, with the way that the conference tournament is structured, Utah potentially with a good conference record can ma- get matched up against an opponent that's a lot worse than they are. Uh, get themselves a nice win in the first round, and then you go into round two. You never know what might happen. You know, you, you probably get matched up against one of those top three teams, like I mentioned. But, uh, 
if they can pull off an upset there, I mean, that probably gets them into the, into the March madness tournament. So um, I, I think that Utah still has a chance to make this season a season to remember. I still think they're ahead of schedule under Craig Smith, um, especially with how we looked at them prior to the season starting. They've already exceeded expectations this year. So one loss to BYU is not going to change that. Like you mentioned, a loss to, potential loss to TCU wouldn't really change that either. Um, it's still a lot of season left to play. And I should mention for both of us too, a potential win would only make us feel even better about all exactly. There you go. So <laughs> a lot of ways that could all play out. It's going to be fun to see Ethan. We always love having you on the show. Appreciate you stopping by. What are a couple of things you have coming up with the daily Utah Chronicle? Um, you know, we're just, we're just focusing in on basketball. Um, yep. check out our, our men's basketball coverage and, and women's basketball as well. You know, we talked about them the last week, but, uh, they're a great team. Uh, I believe what 13 and 0 now, 12 and 0, something yep. like that. Um, 13th in the nation. So, uh, you know, we've got some great coverage heading up for those two sports over the next month. Cause that's all the university's got going on right now. So it's going to be a lot of fun too. make sure you guys keep here at lockdown uses. We're going to have some more fun stuff breaking down what happened in the TCU game, as well as talking about some of the other action involving Utah athletics, because Hey, that Rose bowl ain't too far off. So make sure you guys keep it here at lockdown use. And we'll continue to break it all down. Also, if you're in the market for a second, listen every day, we encourage you to check out locked on sports today. They have the take of the day, the biggest game recaps, the biggest stories in sports. They're all covered on locked on sports today, available on YouTube, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks again to Ethan Pierce for joining us. Make sure you guys give him a Follow on Twitter at E underscore Pierce. My name is JT Wistersill. Thank you again for making Lockdown Eats your first listen every day, and we'll see you tomorrow.